Nazem Kadri trade centers moving selfishly. It's been a boring summer covering the Islanders. You're not really selling a, a superstar. And pretty solid that the Fisherman logo is making a comeback. Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 138. And hi, I'm your host, Andrew Gross of Newsday. You can find me on Twitter at A Gross Newsday. Always appreciate the follows. And yes, it's another hot, 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 hot August day and yet another quiet, quiet, quiet Day for the Islanders, as almost all of this offseason has been so far. And we'll delve into that and the potential repercussions of that silence throughout this episode. And again, that silence may may or may not continue. Um, and that, that subject will encompass a good portion of the questions in Andrew's answers. But first, if, if you haven't, I, I would ask you to all please check out newsday.com backslash aisles for some first-person accounts from our special magazine edition honoring the Islanders' upcoming 50th anniversary season that uh, magazine came out at the end of July, and I had the great pleasure uh, and opportunity to work on some as-told-to stories with Islander greats. Uh, Brian Trottier, we spoke about the relationship with the fans and the relationship with Long Island in general. Uh, spoke with uh, former captain Ed Westfall uh, on the inaugural Islander season in 1972. And, and, and by the way, let me just say that I agree wholeheartedly with what Larry Brooks of the New York Post wrote this past Sunday, that Ed Westfall's number 18 should be retired um, spoke with Patrick Flatley on the Easter epic. Uh, really enjoyed getting Patrick's thoughts on, uh, for lack of a better word, that epic overtime game uh, against the Capitals and, and just the emotions and, and setting the scene for everything that happened in that game. That was, that was a really fun chat. Bobby Nystrom and I spoke about uh, the most famous goal in Islanders history, the Game 6 winner against the Flyers in the 1980 Stanley Cup. And uh, also co-owner John Ledecky gave his thoughts on the opening of UBS Arena. Pat Calabria, who covered the Islanders for Newsday uh, during the Stanley Cup years uh, before working with the team, also contributed his first-person memories. And uh, uh, the rest of the magazine uh, is filled with uh, tons of reprints from the Newsday archives on the Islanders, uh, you know, the first 49 seasons as we go into this 50th anniversary season. And uh, also, I, I had the great pleasure of once again participating in the Brooklyn Memorial Cup charity softball game to raise money for Alzheimer's research for the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, so many of us, so many of us, have had to watch loved ones or friends slip away slowly. So many of us know what kind of pain that causes. Um, fellow sports writer Matthew Blitner and the entire Blitner family uh, each year do an amazing job putting together uh, this event. This year, more than $6,600 has already been raised. And if you'd like to contribute, 
uh, you can still do so uh, by going to act.alz.org backslash go to backslash Brooklyn Memorial Cup for Alzheimer's. But back to the Islanders, which is the reason all of you have tuned into this. So where are we? Nazem Kadri trades, centers moving to wing, another defenseman, contracts for Noah Dobson, Kiefer Bellows. These are all still questions. And, uh, you know, we're getting uh, to the middle of August. Uh, by now, most other NHL teams have already pretty much completed all their off-season business. And it, and it really feels like the Islanders... You know, other than firing Barry Trotz and uh, promoting Lane Lambert from associate coach and uh, the, the draft day trade for defenseman Alexander Romanov from the Canadians, other than that, it really feels like the Islanders and uh, president and general manager Lou Lamarillo ha have not started on their offseason yet. And look, selfishly, it's been a boring summer covering the Islanders. And, uh, you know, you get to August and that's usually the quiet month or that's when sports writers try and make it a quiet month. And, and to be fair, that's when most NHL general managers try and take their time as well. You know, uh, the, the Islanders still have work to do. Um, I'm actually a little bit jealous looking west and seeing the island, seeing the Rangers, uh, pardon me, get all of their off-season business essentially done by the end of July. And uh, as we speak today, they got around to naming Jacob Truba captain. So really, uh, the Rangers, you know, they've they've generated news all through the off season and uh the, the islanders really haven't they've been very very silent and uh we we've come to expect that as, especially after last season uh last off season where it was kind of an open secret that guys like Kyle Palmieri and Zach Parisi were coming in but the contracts i don't believe were registered with the league until September 1st uh, it looks like, you know, that's going to be the way things happen uh, this offseason. Unless, of course, as soon as I finish recording this, Lou decides to register whatever contracts he has in his top drawer. And maybe I'm called back from vacation and my time off to uh, do another podcast uh, in, in the next week or so. But uh, uh, I, I, I can't really bet on that happening. And and I'll tell you what, here's why this this maybe matters. I, I know ticket sales, you know, anecdotally, and uh, you, you hear from season ticket holders and those who are not renewing season tickets. And uh, it, anecdotally, at least, I haven't seen, you know, any of the, the hard stats, but it seems like Ticket sales have been down for the Islanders, certainly at the end of last season. You just had to go onto the secondary market to see how cheaply uh, Islander tickets were on a game-by-game -game basis. It was not a hot ticket anymore to get into UBS Arena. And uh, like I said, I don't know what the season ticket renewal percentages are, but you know, I, I've heard from a lot that they 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 were not renewing, or you know, they they were hesitant to renew, and 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 I and I get it. I I honestly get it because at this point, 
what are people buying? Uh, why would people buy uh, if you really don't know what the product is? And, and so far this offseason, well, I guess you do know what the product is. The product is pretty much what you saw last season when they, they missed the playoffs. Uh, for the first time uh, under Lou Lamarillo, uh, after three straight seasons in the postseason under Lou and, and Barry Trotz, including back-to-back runs uh, to the NHL semifinals. Uh, we've been over all of that, right? But other than Romanov, it, it's essentially the same group right now. And, and, and I get people being hesitant, opening up the wallets uh, to, to buy tickets at this point, you, the Islanders really, you know, to me, had an opportunity to engage. Uh, they, they're selling this new arena. Uh, they wanted to, uh, you know, use this new arena to attract free agents. We'll get into Johnny Gaudreau and uh, what, what happened there and maybe Matthew Kachuk. But, you know, long story short, neither one is on the island. So you're not really selling a, a superstar. And to be honest with you, does, does Nazem Kadri really push the needle all that much uh, in terms of, you know, selling season tickets? Uh, and, and I'm asking that, you know, maybe he does. He's coming off a, a Stanley Cup uh uh, lifting with the Colorado Avalanche. He's a very decent player. He's a solid player. And yes, Nazem Kadri would make the Islanders better, but does he make them significantly better? You know, how many other moves need to be made if Nazem Kadri comes in? So, you know, getting back to, to my point, you know, if I'm debating whether to buy or not to buy season tickets, or uh, I'm I'm waiting at this point because, you know, I, I want to see what this team is going to be. Look, ownership clearly backs Lou Lamarillo, but I, I, I think the team also has to be concerned a little bit with the ticket sales at UBS, especially just going into the second season at, at this new arena. And like I said, you cannot say this team has improved just by acquiring uh, Alexander Romanov from the Canadians. Um, you can say the team and, and the core that the management so heartily believes in has gotten another year older, and we can debate this here, and I, I don't think any of us know the answer yet, but is last season a function of all the hardships and all the hurdles and the covid and the scheduling and the rescheduling and the post postponements and and all of that is that what last season was really about and again as we got towards the end of last season you saw a team that was playing literally every other day four and sixes three and fours I, it was too much. It, it, it was something that the team could not overcome. So w- w- was that the core reason why the Islanders missed the playoffs last season? Or is this a team that went over the age barrier quickly? I don't have the answer yet because I don't think you can gauge just off of last season because it, it really was such a strange, bizarre, challenging season. But but if it is the latter, if we see the team is on the other side of the age barrier, and by the way, I, I, if that is the case, how does bringing in a Nazem Kadri, who is going into his age 32 season, 
Uh, how, how does that impact uh, a team on the other side of the age barrier? Um, so again, if it's the latter, and this is a team that is essentially aged out, what, what will the change from Barry Trotz to Lane Lambert really accomplish? And I, I can't imagine that will accomplish much. However, if, if it's the former, and, and this is still a, a very motivated, uh, which I, I think they will be, I, I know they will be, if it's a very motivated group that is not aged out and can play back, um, it, when I say play back, look, we all know the two seasons they went to the, uh, the NHL semifinals, they were sort of scrambling there through the end of the regular season. Um, but it is a playoff-tested team. So if this team can get to the playoffs, um, get one of those eight playoff spots in the Eastern Conference, which won't be easy, um, you know, they can again do damage in the playoffs. And, and maybe uh, a quote-unquote new voice in Lane Lambert will, will motivate this team further. And, and it's, look, it's going to be a, a very interesting September at least, if nothing gets done uh, over the next couple of weeks, which may or may not happen. Although, I got to imagine Nazem Kadri wants to know where he's going before, you know, you get to September 1st uh, or, or Labor Day because uh, guys like getting in and you, you have the captain in formal skates and, you know, if you're going to a new team, you probably want to be a part of that to get to know your new teammates. So, you know, maybe not. Maybe all this will happen before the end of August. But look, September could be a very interesting, fun month for the Islanders. There could be a few transactions. You're going to have the opening of uh, training camp, and the week before that, you're, you're going to get the... Uh, uh, the prospect development camp. We're going to get our first look at what Lane Lambert is as the coach of the New York Islanders, what that really will mean. So, you know, it's not going to be boring for long covering the Islanders. Stuff one way or another has to happen. Um, I said way back, uh, I believe, when, when Lou Lamorello fired uh, Barry Trotz, that by doing so, Lou made this offseason a referendum on himself. And, and for, for whatever reasons, over the course of his career, Lou has a way of often making doubters look very silly. Um, and that could very well be the case. He could have all his transactions in his top drawer um, he, he always seems to have some kind of plan, uh, even if it's not clear to you and me. And again, you know, going back to the fact that, I, and I'll address this in Andrew's answers, but I, I think this offseason it was important for Lou to make it clear what the plan was. Again, uh, you, you needed to be a little bit more transparent with your, your consumers who are, are the ticket buyers, the season ticket buyers. Um, all those veils of secrecy have really, it's hurt ticket sales uh, by all the information, as I said. And, uh, you know, in that respect, I, I think Lou has made a misstep this offseason. Um, but also, look, he's turning 80 in October. The belief is he's entering the final year of his contract just as 
the belief was that Barry Trotz was going into the final year of his deal. Um, and again, like I said, I, I really feel in a way that this offseason is a referendum on, on, on where Lou is taking this franchise and, and his ability to, to, to push it forward. Um, again, you, you had UBS Arena and, and, and the ownership's hope was you could sell this you know, state-of-the-art $1.1 billion new facility to marquee free agents. Um, you know, also the practice facility, all these investments in addition to you know, generating more revenue for the team. Uh, than what could be done at Nassau Coliseum and Barclays or, you know, wherever. Part of the reason they're at UBS Arena is because they want to be a player in the NHL in terms of acquiring free agents. And maybe that still happens with Nazem Kadri. Uh, again, this really smacks of last offseason when the Kyle Palmieri and the Zach Parisi contracts were in the drawer for a couple of months. But, uh, if all that happens is Lou trades for Alexander Romanov, then, you know, I, I, I think the questions mount there uh, going into this season. And, and if this offseason was a referendum on Lou, then next season certainly becomes one uh, on Lou and, and Lou's leadership of this organization. And, and you know what? I, again, Lou has a way of making his doubters look silly. Um, and, and like I've said, I've made no secret that, I, I, you know, I, I've known Lou for a long time, you know, going way back to his days with the Devils. And, and I really do have a ton of respect uh, for Lou Lamarillo and all he's accomplished. And not only all he's accomplished with the Devils and, and, and the Maple Leafs. And, and I still think the Maple Leafs were a little silly for... Uh, going so quickly to uh, Kyle Dubas and, uh, and, and, and putting uh, Lou to the side there. I, I, think, I, I think Lou could have pushed that franchise further with the work he had started in his three years as a GM. Um, but also the work that Lou has done through the first four years with the Islanders. I, I'm not trying to discount that one bit. Um, I know I was on uh, with Christian Arnold and Sean Cuthbert uh, this Sunday, on, uh, on their podcast, New York Hockey Now, I was asked, what started the Islanders' turnaround? Was it Lou or was it Barry? And, and, and I'm in the Lou corner on that. I really am because, uh, you know, for the two months before Barry Trot showed up, Lou Lamarillo turned this from a dysfunctional franchise into a functional franchise. And, and it really was that quick. Um, Lou gave everyone a sense of order. He, he put all the ducks in a row. He had a plan. And, and, and I'm not discounting any of that. But you know what? In the NHL, you were constantly being evaluated. And, and so far this offseason, you know, if this is a referendum on Lou, one trade for one defenseman is not satisfactory. But Lou has, uh, you know, another month or so uh, to, to, to improve this roster. And, uh, Lou, Lou always says when you have time, you use it. And, uh, uh it's just the secret of ways I, I, I think is, is not playing well this off season. But, um, listen, I've got more thoughts on these topics and, uh, some other things as you ask the questions 
It's time for your questions with Andrew's Answers. And we'll start here <laughs> with a non-Nazim Kadri question or a non-Lou Lamarillo question because I, I would say I think 90% of the, the rest of the questions are either about Kadri or Lou or some combination of, of that. But we'll, we'll start here, and this is uh, from our friend uh, Nick Hershon. Any confirmation on the Fisherman logo making a comeback this season? Uh, we want fish sticks at least for a few games. And, uh, you know, that's all based on the speculation. And I think it's pretty solid, you know, where there's smoke, uh, there's fire. I, I, I think it's, it's pretty solid that the Fisherman logo is making a comeback uh, on those reverse retro jerseys uh, this season. Um, I don't know when the team is going to announce it, but I, I certainly expect that to be the case, that that would be the, uh, the, the reverse retro jersey this season, whereas last season it was a, uh, you know, just basically a, a variation of, of the Islanders' regular home dark jersey. Um, Honestly, I, I know the Fisherman logo is such a divisive topic in Islanders history. It's kind of, sort of, in a low way, become retro cool. If you look around UBS Arena, you see uh, more than a few Fisherman jerseys or, uh, or the Fisherman logo on uh, some Islanders merch. Um, and I, you know what? I, I think it's a smart play by the organization if, if they do try and capitalize that, if only for a handful of games. They'll certainly make more revenue and more money uh, with those reverse retros, selling those reverse retro jerseys than they would with whatever last season's, you know, such a subtle difference. All right, on to Islander, uh, you know, on ice uh, matters, but we'll get to a bunch of Luke questions here. Um, couple here with a first run from Brian G. Not sure if you can answer any questions until Lou answers all of the question marks going on with the roster. And, uh, meanwhile, Mark, uh, Legger, forgive me if I mispronounce that, Mark. Um, Mark says, I would love to ask a question about the offseason, but nothing has happened. Maybe you could answer what you believe might be waiting to be announced in a fictitious future date that may or may not come to fruition. And you know what? I bring those up just because I, I think, you know, it doesn't represent 100% of what Islander Nation is thinking this offseason, but I, I think it does uh, kind of uh, exemplify the frustration on, on fans and season ticket holders' parts. Um Again, it goes back to my point, you know, what are you buying at this moment? You know, there, there are so many question marks still. Um, AZ says, are Lou's secretive ways only hurting the team and alienating the fans? Why are we the only team that acts like this? Specifically, if other teams thought it worked, wouldn't they want to do it too? If they aren't, is it because they don't think it works or because they think Lou is the only one who can pull it off? Um, also, uh, Thomas Boyle asks, the Islanders having a hard time selling tickets, Thomas Boyle asks, at this point, do you see Lou being on the hot seat if this trend continues? So, uh, 
Uh, let's see. Um, let me, uh, as to AZ's questions about secretive ways hurting the team and alienating the fans, I, I do think it's alienating the fans for sure at, at this point. You know, uh, that can change very quickly if uh, this team, you know, comes out gangbusters and, you know, was in first place in the Metro and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, uh, then the uh, the scales tip back the other way, right? But right now, I, I don't know that Lou's secretive ways are hurting the team, but I do agree that it's alienating the fans. As to why the Islanders are the only team that acts like this, look, every NHL general manager to some extent or another is is secretive. Right, um, and it's for competitive advantage. You don't know. You don't want your opponents to know what you're thinking or what you're up to. And look, the the reason the Islanders do this the best is because Lou is the best at it, and he has it on lockdown with players, agents, other GMs, anyone he discusses anything with, and. Um, it's on the record that if that is leaked out, then whatever deal he's working on, he's just going to kill. Um, you know, so agents don't talk about Lou's business. Other NHL GMs uh, really don't talk about Lou's business. Players certainly don't talk about Lou's business. And, and Lou, Lou intimidates others around the league, unlike others. Uh, I'll put it that way in terms of keeping secrecy and, and Lou pulls it off the best. And, uh, you know, there are some advantages to it, but like I said, this off season, I, I, I don't think it's playing well. And, uh, and I agree with AZ's point that, uh, uh, it is alienating the fans. And as far as to Thomas Boyle's question, do you see Lou being on the hot seat if this trend continues with regards to, uh, ticket sales being down, um, I, 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 I do, it, I, I do, I, ownership, you know, it's, it's a business, and if ticket sales are way down, and I'm not saying they are, but if ticket sales go way down uh, with a new arena, then ownership is going to have to, uh, you know, uh, think again about how they're doing business. Um, Bill NY Fan 66 says, still waiting for those quote-unquote hockey trades to happen that Lou Lamarillo talked about back in April. Do you remember, uh, you know, Lou talking about improving the offense? I will start humming the theme to Jeopardy while we wait. And again, not really a question, sort of a snarky remark, but I, I include it because it, it goes back to alienating the fans and... Uh, there's an impatience here, and I think Bill NY Fan 66 is kind of, uh, you know, speaking to that impatience. And, and yes, Lou Lamarillo uh, was hoping to make some hockey trades this, this offseason, and the fact that none happened does not mean Lou Lamarillo wasn't working tirelessly to make something happen. It just means that at the end of the day, Lou, Lou was not comfortable with anything that was offered um, so far. Uh, let's see. Uh, now, Coach Jeff24, a couple of thoughts from Coach Jeff24. Uh, says, Andrew, the more I think about it, there isn't a strategy with Lou's silence. It's simply a tactic to delay uh, communicating 
failure or communication failure. There were a lot of wingers in free agency and, and trade that he didn't get. I doubt Nazem Kadri comes here either. Do you agree? Um, I, I think loose silence in his mind. There is a strategy. There's a reason for it in his mind. He does not communicate it well with the media and thereby, you know, through the media to the fans exactly uh, what kind of competitive advantage he gets via this silence. There were a lot of wingers in free agency and via trade, uh, you know, Goudreau and, and Kachuk uh, being at the top of that. And no, the Islanders did not get either one. Um, as to doubting Kadri comes here, uh, I, I, I still think this sort of smacks of Kadri to the Islanders. They are, you know, because I, I really feel like Kadri would have been somewhere else uh, otherwise. That's just me thinking that. Um, and, and we'll discuss it more. Um, Coach Jeff24 also uh, delves further and, and, and you know, uh, takes a harder shot at Lou, saying Lou's off-season strategy and silence is completely asinine. The fans seem more concerned than previous years. I assume the owners completely support uh, this uh, utter nonsense as behavior as his behavior has not changed. Is there a point owners step in with correlation to ticket sales? And as I just mentioned, uh, yeah, look, if, if ticket sales go down and down and down, the Islanders are going to have to reverse course because this is a business and uh, you want the ledger sheet to, to look correct. Um, but Right now, yes, no. Lou Lamarillo has the ownership's complete support. Uh, you heard it from John Ledecky uh, uh, earlier this offseason. Uh, I believe um, Newsday TV's own Jamie Stewart caught up with John Ledecky and asked him about it. Um, John Ledecky's message to the fans was, you know, trust in Lou Lamarillo. And, and that's how I feel John Ledecky and uh, Scott Malkin feel, uh, for sure. Um, uh, one more snarky one, and again, I include this just to kind of give everyone a taste of what I'm getting on a daily basis here in terms of frustration with how this offseason has gone. But uh, uh, Richie L. says, does Lou Lamarillo plan to be the GM when he turns 100? And I, I will say this, uh, like I said, Lou Lamarillo is turning 80 in October, and I wish I was in the shape at 55 that Lou Lamarillo is in at 80. He, he's in fantastic shape and uh, he's sharp as a tack. Everything, you know, every accolade I could give him as to how he's maintained himself, uh, you know, through, through 79 years, um, you know, it, it, it's a real, uh, you know, credit to Lou uh, the, the shape he keeps himself in. Uh, and, and I mean this sincerely. Like, I, I wish I had the discipline to be as in shape as, as Lou Lamarillo. I, I really do. It, you know, obviously, facetious question, does Lamarillo plan to be the GM when he turns 100? Um, uh, no, no, he, uh, he does not. If he was, I, I'm sure he would still absolutely be doing a good job if he chose to be doing it. Um... Kirk Green says, with, with Johnny Gaudreau signing in Columbus for an unexpectedly 
fair number, do you think the Islanders missed an opportunity here? I'm not buying that they couldn't have moved out the salary to make Gaudreau work. And I I don't disagree. that I think they could have moved out salary. I think they could have made a Johnny Gaudreau contract work. Um, look, I, I just... My sense is that Johnny Gaudreau really was not interested... Uh, really in the Islanders. Um, uh, you know, it, it seemed like he was really gung-ho for Columbus. Um, and I, I, I feel like, you know, obviously, I, I think he would have liked the Flyers to have been involved with this. The, the Flyers, uh, because of their salary cap, could not be involved. Um, but uh, after that, I, I feel, you know, the Devils, the Devils offered him, you know, a lot of money. And he, he turned that down to go to Columbus. He turned down more money from the Flames. And I just never got the sense that Johnny Gaudreau had the Islanders or, or Long Island high on a, a place of really where he wanted to be. Um, and sometimes, you know, that's just the way it way it goes but yeah no I, I it's a missed opportunity because he would have slotted in so well with this team Johnny Gaudreau would have made the Islanders so much better uh you know and and, and the the same thing with uh you know Matthew Kachuk if if Lou Lamarillo could have put together uh a better trade package but you know what he didn't have a Jonathan Huber do uh, uh, to to trade to the Flames. I, I mean, maybe you have a Matthew Barzell, but I, I think the Flames, you know, were more interested in a, in a Jonathan Huberdeau. Uh, Doe, uh, Huberdeau. However, you know, sorry, Jonathan. Um, but uh, let's see. Uh, Richard, uh, speaking of mispronouncing last names, Richard Mazzocchi, and I apologize if that is not correct, um... A uh, couple of bang, bang, bang questions here. Richard Mazzocchi says, Andrew, what the heck is going on with Noah Dobson and Nazem Kadri? Are they both going to be signed? Jesse M. says, are the Kadri rumors true? Percentage, he's an Islander come opening night. And Rezex18 says, is Kadri coming to New York for sure? I, 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 I'm not going to give you for sure. Um, I would say the percentage he's an Islander coming, come opening night, um, I'm sort of in the 75 to 80% range right now. Um, and as to Richard Mazzocchi's question about Noah Dobson, I feel like that's one of the contracts in uh, Lou's drawer that he is not registered uh, with the league as of yet as... And, and, and the reason being there, uh, it, it does give the Islanders more uh, cap flexibility if that contract is not uh, registered yet. Um, let's see. Um, B. McD says, Considering Nazem Kadri is five years removed from a 30-goal season and he most likely benefited, benefited from an avalanche point bump, uh, the typical play, uh, huge in an unrestricted free agent year. Is he going to be a big overpay for a 32-year-old center, a center, a position we are fine at? Do you think Lou is making a mistake uh, getting leftovers? And no, I would not call um, getting Nazem Kadri a, a, a leftover. Uh, I certainly wouldn't. 
Uh, would Lou be making a mistake? I, I wouldn't even say Lou is making a mistake bringing in Nazem Kadri because, uh, as we'll discuss a little bit later, he would certainly help the power play. And, you know, uh, center depth is huge, and it would allow Lou... Here's the thing. If he brings in Nazem Kadri, I don't think you can evaluate it until you see the subsequent move or moves. And by that, I mean, is J.J. Pajot going to play on a wing? Is a Matthew Barzell going to play on a wing? Is, is an Anthony Beauvillier going to be traded? Is a Josh Bailey going to be traded? Is a Matthew Barzell going to be traded? You know, what, what happens after Nazem Kadri is signed, is, that's what I'll base my evaluation on a Nazem Kadri signing on. Um, he is going to be 32. Uh, the numbers we hear out there right now are uh, the Islanders uh, offering seven years at seven million per. We, we've heard that Nazem Kadri is really pushing for nine million a season. Uh, I, I think that's a huge number for uh, a Nazem Kadri. And, and don't forget, you know, Lou and, and Nazem Kadri do have uh, some history together when Lou was the general manager of the. Uh, of the uh, Maple Leafs, I believe uh, he signed Nazem Kadri to his previous contract before he was traded to the Avalanche. So uh, you're not necessarily getting Nazem Kadri, I think, to, to score 30 goals, although that would be fantastic. But you're looking to improve the team, and he would. Um, you know, he gives you a, a top two center, and you say, well, you got one, you got two, and Brock Nelson and, and Matthew Barzell, and that's why I say, Give me the subsequent moves. If there are no, if it's just signing Nazem Kadri, there are no subsequent moves. And yeah, I question this, but that can't be what happens. Uh, Michael Guarini, if we do sign Nazem Kadri, how much does that help our biggest weakness, the power play? And uh, we believe Johnny McLean will run the power play. And and if Nazem Kadri is on a Johnny McLean power play, I would expect the Islanders to greatly benefit from that. Uh, last season, eight of Nazem Kadri's 28 goals and 21 of his 59 assists came on the power play, and that would have left Nazem Kadri third on the Islanders last season in power play goals behind Brock Nelson's 11 and Anders Lee's 9, and his 29 power play points would have led the Islanders uh, well ahead of Noah Dobson's 22 and uh, Matthew Barzell's 20. Um, he has 63 career power play goals, and that includes career highs with 12 in 2016-17, and again 12 in 2017-18, and that was uh, uh, with Lou Lamarillo's uh, Maple Leafs. So, you know, he was obviously a much younger player then, but yeah, Nazem Kadri would be a big step up for the uh, for the power play. Um, Michael J. Valente says, if Lou signs Nazem Kadri, I hope it's a reasonable uh, annual average value and term. At seven to seven and a half million uh, per season for four years. I'm all in if that's the contract. A higher AAV times seven years, I'm out. Um, any chance Lou can get Kyle Palmieri to agree to waive a no-trade clause? My best-case scenario, trade Josh Bailey and Kyle Palmieri, sign Kadri, and take a chance on Sonny Milano. And, um, 
could could Lou get Palmieri to uh, waive a no trade clause? Uh, possibly, you know, uh, Lou's very persuasive, and uh, you know, I, I think Palms uh, Palms wants to be here. That that a hundred percent, he wants to be here, and that's why you get those clauses. But I, I, I think he's also a reasonable person. And, uh, you know, I, I think a, a discussion with Lou, you know, there's a chance he could waive a, a no-trade clause under that scenario. Um, look, I, I don't think you're wrong on, on the contract. I'd rather sign Nazem Kadri for four years rather than seven years as well. But if you sign him for four years, you're going to have to give him a lot more than $7 million per season. Uh, you know, maybe that's when he gets nine, <laughs> nine and a half for four years for taking a shorter contract. And I don't even think he can do that because uh, he probably thinks he can get seven years from someone. Um, I think you're being rational in terms of what in, you know, all things being considered a, a, a good deal for the Islanders uh, with Nazem Kadri would look like. But uh, there's a Nazem Kadri to consider here as well, and, you know, yeah, I, I would take a chance on Sonny Milano, uh, Long Island Sonny Milano, but that's not going, you're, you're taking, you're taking away goals by Kyle Palmieri, I know, you know, he struggled at times, but I, I think we have also seen what Kyle Palmieri can do when he's on his game, and, you know, between Kyle Palmieri and Sonny Milano, Palms is going to get you more goals. Um, Notorious MJT says, uh, assuming Kadri does not come to the Islanders, what can they do this offseason to bolster the offense? Can the offensive issues be fixed by simply playing a less restrictive system? And again, that's, that's going to be the interesting thing with Lane Lambert. Um, his mandate is to come in here and maintain the defensive play that the Islanders had under Barry Trotz, but but to be better offensively. And that's on Lane to figure that out. He, the, the Islanders need more from, from uh, Matthew Barzell specifically. I mean, they needed more from Josh Bailey. They needed more from, uh, from Kyle Palmieri, to, to name a couple. I don't know whether it's playing a less restrictive system. Uh, I don't think you want to open things up and make your defense suffer. But in, in terms of X's and O's, and I, I'm not going to pretend to be an NHL coach here, but yeah, in terms of X's and O's, Lane Lambert has to have a better answer offensively than, than Barry Trotz did, and we'll start to see that in training camp. Um, Jeff says, uh, assuming, or two questions, assuming Nazem Kadri gets signed, is it more likely for the Islanders to trade a center away or for one of the centers to move to the wing? If the latter, who would make the most sense to wing? Everyone's saying Brock Nelson or Barzell, but I also think uh, uh, Pajot could. And I agree with you on Pajot, and we've seen that in the past. And... Uh, I, I don't want to move Brock Nelson to a wing. I, I really don't. I, I think his game plays the best in the mill. Barzell, I think, could play the wing. Um, you know, he's he's such a good skater. It's not, you know, once he gets into the offensive zone, it's not necessarily that he's a center or a wing. It's just a matter of the puck being on his stick and him having the vision to make plays. So I think Barzell could make that work. I, I certainly think Pajot could, but... Honestly, I think if Kadri gets signed, it's more likely for the Islanders to swing a deal or to try and swing a deal. And um, 
I, again, you know, the candidates there, I, I think Anthony Beauvillier, I, you know, with Josh Bailey, you would have to package that with picks uh, and, and entice another team to take on the final two seasons of Josh Bailey's deal. Um, you, you could move Pajot, although I'd hate to do that, too, because you can plug him into so many situations. But Pajot, you know, a lot of teams would love J.G. Pajot, and you, you could get a, a nice haul back for him. So, uh you know, lots of opportunities. I, I, I think it's more likely the Islanders try and work a trade. Um, Adam Schechter says, assuming Kadri, Nazem Kadri isn't happening, what type of moves are out there that the Islanders could realistically do to upgrade the roster and plug the holes that still ex- exist, especially getting scoring help? Now, so a couple of questions ago, Long Island's Sonny Milano was brought up. He had 14 goals and 20 assists in 66 games. For the Ducks, you know, he's a nice piece. I'm not necessarily convinced he's the top six help you need. Uh, How about the Canucks' JT Miller? He's got one year left on a deal at $5.25 million. Uh, He had a career-high 99 points last season on 32 goals and 67 assists. And, And I certainly think, you know, if you give the Canucks a good package, you could get JT Miller in, and that would help for next season, um, I'm not convinced the Islanders would be able to do a long-term extension for JT Miller, um, you know, because that's that's going to be around nine, nine and a half per season. And, you know, you also got to get, if you're going down that road, you got to think about giving uh, Matthew Barzell eight and a half, nine per uh, next offseason as well. But, you know, as a one-season rental, J.T. Miller would look really good in the, uh, in, in the lineup. And uh, defensively, you know, uh, Jacob Chikrin uh, with the Coyotes, uh, you know, there's still some question as to whether Arizona is going to trade him. He's only 24, and he's got three years left on his deal at $4.6 million per. And he would help any team that he goes to. Uh, you would have to put a, a tremendous package together for him. Uh, Doc Ed says, <laughs> now that it's 100% certain that Nazem Kadri is an Islander, and Doc Ed puts in parentheses, I kid, I kid, what number should he wear? He can't do 91 or 19. I'm thinking 66. And, uh, well, we know lose rules about numbers. Uh, they... they for the most part, they've got to be in the lower range. <laughs> he doesn't like these quote-unquote exotic numbers. You saw him make Anthony Beauvillier trade his number uh, down. Um, look, Nazem Kadri wore 43 with the Maple Leafs. He was 91 with the Avalanche. He could he could easily get 43 again with the Islanders. Um, would part of... Would part of it being Nazem Kadri signing Lou, allowing him, you know, a higher number? Maybe. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm not too sure. I, I, I probably would see him settling back in with a 43 if he wanted it. Um, David, could he? Uh, couldn't we all? Uh, what's the perception on how different Lane Lambert will be from Trotz as a coach? Well, I, I know, not the perception, just uh, knowing personalities, and this is more, you know, on Barry. Barry was a chatter, especially, you know, I've said that the, the media covering the Islanders through the pandemic would not have survived. We wouldn't have had stories to write 
uh, without Barry Trotz. And, uh, you know, that's good for us. And I know it probably wore on Lou and the organization a little bit that, that Barry's propensity for, you know, chatting a long time. He enjoyed it. He's a chatter. You know, whether the microphones are on or not, uh, Barry enjoys chatting. And, uh, you know, and I enjoyed my chats with, with Barry Trotz. You know, even, you know, when the cameras weren't running. I don't know how much of that we're going to get with Lane. Um, I think Lane is going to be much more buttoned down in terms of the media. But I know that doesn't really matter to you guys. You're talking about X's and O's. I talked about it's a mandate for Lane Lambert to coax more offense, more power play production out of this team. I think Johnny McLean will help with that. Um, Look, Lane Lambert, uh, from what we know of him, is a very intense very detailed-oriented guy. Uh, there's been talk about him as an NHL head coach for, for several seasons. I, I, I ultimately think Lane Lambert will be a good NHL head coach. I can't tell you how he's going to change it with the X and o, X's and O's. I, I just know he has to try uh, to, to do things differently from Barry to get a little more production from this team. Uh, Isles Corner says, is Robin Sallow expected to step up this season full-time, or do the Islanders sign another D-man? And uh, look, I, I, I think, you know, based on what Lou Lamarillo said uh, at the beginning of the, uh, or up in Montreal for the NHL draft, where he wanted to acquire two defensemen, one more offensive-minded and one more of a stay-at-home, that I, I think, you know, that's still on the... Uh, uh, Islanders to-do list, and if it doesn't happen, then certainly Robin Sallow will get his chance, but uh, it wouldn't shock me if, if Robin Sallow starts again in Bridgeport, because I think Sebastian Ajo has been signed to be the seventh D-man, and uh, and they're not going to have Robin Sallow, uh, you know, sit on the bench too long. Uh, John said, um, what is the plan for goaltending? Uh, still a split, Sorokin 60 games, hot hand, and I, I think that the plan is pretty much the same. Uh, it's a lot of hot hand. You're going to get both guys a lot of games. I think ultimately Sorokin is going to play uh, more uh, than, than Simeon Varlamov, uh, but I, I would, rather than 60 games, that would be a 60-22 split. I can't see that. Um, I'm thinking... Uh, Sorokin is maybe in the 50 to 55 game range. Um, but look, if Varlamov really does have the hot hand, I don't think uh, that that uh, um, Lane Lambert is going to be afraid to use him. And certainly, I think it's going to be the same because it, it, it now certainly seems like uh, the Islanders' goaltending brain trust uh, of both Mitch Korn and Pierre Greco are going to be back. And I know I may have led you astray uh, earlier this offseason by uh, saying that I didn't think Mitch was coming back. That was based on information or or speculation that I had been given. Um, but it, it does look like both of them are going to be back. And if that's the case, I, I think we can expect to see more of the same with how uh, Ilya Sorokin and Semyon Varlamov are used. Um, Anthony J. Depperman says, I hope... Uh, Aturatu plays well in the World Juniors for Finland. If he does, this kid should make the big club, allowing Lou to trade Bo or Bailey, uh, Anthony Beauvillier or Josh Bailey, and really needs to get a good look on the top line with Barzell. Um, I don't know that Aturatu 
has projected so far as an NHL top line wing, but I, I agree if if Aturatu really shows well both in the World Juniors and more importantly uh, through the, uh, the the development camp and training camp, then yeah, it gives Lou a lot more flexibility uh, to trade one of the veterans. Um, Let's see, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll end with, uh, with a theme that we've been hammering home uh, so far uh, from JC. Why should I or anyone buy tickets to see this team play this season? And Nazem Kadri is going back to Colorado. It's the same thing uh, Lou Lemerle pulled last year with Kyle Palmieri, Ilya Sorokin, Anthony Bovillier, and Casey Sezikis. Uh, Colorado's Joe Sackick is playing the same game. I'm not quite sure uh, that that it's the same thing. I'm not quite sure. I think if Kadri was going back to Colorado, he'd be there um, already. I, I think the holdup here is that Kadri is waiting for a team, most potentially the Islanders, to clear out a little more uh, salary cap space and to offer him more money than's been offered so far. And again, we're hearing uh, seven years at $7 million per uh, the going offer by Lou Lamarillo to Nazem Kadri. So maybe back with some Nazem Kadri news soon, or maybe not until uh, uh, September. And uh, like I said, uh, I'm using my accrued days off uh, throughout uh, August. Uh, I will chime in if I'm available and uh, if I if there is news, but uh, thanks for all the questions. Thanks as always for listening. I, I hope everybody enjoys the rest of the summer. If uh, if I don't speak to you, and if that's the case, I, I'll certainly be back with more episodes come September as the Islanders conduct their prospect development camp, their training camp. Uh, the Islanders open their preseason against the Rangers at Madison Square Garden on September 26th. Things will be happening soon. Uh, it's almost hockey season, folks. And uh, for any and all Islanders content, please go to newsday.com backslash Isles. You can follow me on Twitter at agrossnewsday. Enjoy the weather and happy hockey, everybody.